With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Blog Talk Radio. What's up? Good evening, Rams fans. This is Van Ram. Uh, I hope you're doing all doing all right out there tonight. Uh, we got a pre-holiday episode of Turf Show Radio for you. With joining me on the phone right now, none other, the one, the only, man myth legend, VT Rams fan. VT, is that you? Hey, how's it going, Van? Pretty good. How are you today? Ah, uh, doing well. Doing well. Getting ready for got your Christmas uh, shopping all taken Rams. care of. Oh yeah, all set. Just kind of kicking back and waiting to win the NFC West, if you know what I'm saying. Hey, there's no better Christmas present for me than the Rams winning the NFC West. That's that's all I have to say right now. Santa Claus could not fit anything better in his bag for me. <laughs> you got that right. Give it all back just for that one gift. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Unless he's got, you know, like, like, you know, like pay off my mortgage or something like that. But yeah, other so than that, you know, you know, yeah, it'd have to be something like extremely dramatic in order for me to switch that. That's for sure. But I'll be totally honest exactly. with you, man. I'm, I'm a, I'm a little bit worried. I really am a little bit worried. I don't know why. I think it's just. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder from the Saints loss or what, but, you know, we got Kansas City this week, even though it's at home. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not going to be a cakewalk. There's no doubt about that. No. Then we got San Francisco. San Francisco, I don't care what anybody says, is not going to be a cakewalk. I mean, we always play each other tough. And then we go, you know, on the road to take on the, the Seahawks. And, you know, I, I am a little worried right now, honestly. I mean, I hope that, you know, some guys can step up and, and we can get some wins. But, man, it, it – I think the next three weeks are going to be extremely stressful. I just hope we can win the next two and the Seahawks lose two and just totally put all this to bed with a kind of a bye week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll feel much better when we get through this week and get a win against Kansas City. I think we'll have a lot more of our own destiny, kind of so to speak, in our hands at that point. But like you say, that's not an easy game. Kansas City is a tough opponent. There's a lot of talent on that roster. And now they've had some kind of up-and-down games this season – a particularly ugly loss against Denver that kind of had a NBA type score to it comes to mind, but you know they're a tough team, and, yeah. and you know one thing. Let me tell you one thing I was kind of thinking about today in regards to this Kansas City game: the Jamal Charles, Thomas Jones, two-headed running back situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got it going on, and you know it's no surprise that our or, or no. Uh, I think everybody realizes that that our weakness is in the interior of the defensive line, and they they have it going on. You know, straight up the middle. I I, I took a look at some of their plays, and man, I'm telling you that their offensive line is just playing really well right now. And we need some guys to to step up to the plate defensively. You know, particularly in the center of that mm. defensive line. And who's it going to be? You know, that that's the question. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, and you know, we're coming off. We got the win in Arizona. But it wasn't the prettiest win. It wasn't quite as pretty as it could be. Now, I mean, you've got to credit Arizona a little bit, I think, in that game because their back was against the wall and, you know, they had a little mm-hmm. fight left. But, you know, against New Orleans last week, things were looking good there for a while. You had that red zone INT at the end of the first half that kind of, you know, essentially kind of iced the game yeah. for them right there. And, and this is going to be – this is a bounce-back week. Now, this is that – this is one of those, I think, that uh, you get into those kind of intangible aspects that I enjoy so much about football versus some of the other Absolutely. sports out there. But this is one that yeah. got a, Bradford's had two rough games in a row. I mean, is he going to bounce back? And you know, Defense has got to bounce back a little bit. That's one of the reasons why I'm a little worried is because, you know, the, our win, our, the last two wins we've had, have been they haven't been really pretty, you know, and and Bradford struggled. And the one thing I've noticed, I don't know if you have Van, that teams have been taking away Bradford um, his different launch points that we've had such success with because our our offensive line has struggled in pass protection on on quite a few occasions, and we've had success rolling Bradford out 
you know, giving them different launch points. And I've noticed that teams have been like blitzing linebackers off the edge and safeties and disrupting that. And and I think that's really what's happening is is Bradford doesn't have the time to allow a lot of these routes to develop, and we we've we've lost the ability to roll Bradford out. So now it's time for our coaching staff to kind of you know take that next step. I, I think our players have taken that next step per se. I think now it's time for the coaching staff to make these these changes in these uh, you know game plan changes late in the season. Let's see how they react in the next few weeks. Yeah, and, and that's something to see because you know I don't have the numbers for it, but I got the sense that the Rams were, and this is my kind of hobby horse here, but I, it, it seems to me that you know the deep ball, and you've got a quarterback in Sam Bradford who has. Amazing accuracy. I mean, I don't, you know, you don't want to get too caught up in the hyperbole of comparisons and anything like that. But you know, there's a few people out there that will hold his talent up against Tom Brady. Now, obviously, Brady's been around a lot longer and you know has a little more experience under his belt. But you know, to me, that's something that the Rams were doing against New Orleans, and you saw a little bit more of it. And then you had some of those question marks in the game plan, like where was Denario Alexander on some of those routes. He had that ugly Absolutely. one to Laurent Robinson where he couldn't figure out which shoulder to look over. And it's just those yeah, kind of, yeah. you know, those execution things. And execution, BT, is something you talked about today on the breakdown. It absolutely was, and that's a good segue for that, man. Uh, I, when I was looking at the entire game, I actually took and I didn't look at every single play, but for the most part, um, starting with the Laurent Robinson looking over the wrong shoulder, that that could have been a touchdown fairly easily. Um, mm-hmm. And the play I did the breakdown on for to Danny. I mean, if that were were executed a little better, that could have been a touchdown. Okay, there was uh, another occasion uh, in which uh, Britt Miller totally missed the block on a Vajima uh, mm-hmm. screen outside trying to tight end screen. That would have been six. You know. We're, we were really close, but so far away, you know? I don't know if that's a good analogy yeah. to use, but, well, you absolutely. know, a block here, a, a drop there, you know, just little things it seems like, and we just can't pull it together for some reason. Well, and that's one thing last week, too, I thought. You know, you look at the other side of the other side of the ball, and, and the Saints, I mean, the Saints do that perfectly. I mean, you, know, mm-hmm. you saw how many, I mean, they had... I, I can't remember what it was, but, you know, they had a different running back in there every down for their first offensive series. And they wor- it worked. I mean, you know, nobody missed an assignment. Nobody knew what they were – you know, nobody missed a block. Nobody missed, a, you know, where they were supposed to be in the field, and it worked perfectly. They moved the ball. They controlled it. They ate up clock. They got down there. They got the end zone. They scored a touchdown. And that was the beginning of the end right there. And, you know, that's, the, I think, some of the difference you see with – a team like the Rams and some of the other, you know, a team like the Saints, obviously. I mean, that's why they're the champions. Well, well, you know, you take a look at the breakdown play. And, and the one thing that I will say is, you know, you see Laurent, Laurent, Laurent Robinson coming across the middle, and you're that linebacker that's supposed to be covering Danny. You, you don't think much of it. If that were Randy Moss, mm-hmm. Vincent Jackson, somebody you know can make a play, you betcha it's going to draw some attention. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that that's also one side you got to look at. Um you know, and then when you stop and think about really how far we have come as a team, um, you know, we've gotten better. We really have. I mean, and I think Bradford's a big part of it. And, but when you see him struggling, um, you know, that's that's when you can start to worry a little bit. Uh, you know, let's see how he pulls himself up. If the Rams can win this week and Bradford can have a decent game, I'm going to feel a whole lot better, you know, as yeah. far as where, where we stand in this division. I think, you know, that'll be just a win this week. You get the swagger back after a couple soft outings. You get the swagger back. You have San Francisco at home. It's always good to beat a division rival, even if there's not a playoff spot at stake. It is. And, you know, I'm not saying that you don't need a deep, you know, a deep threat to to have success. However, Mm -hmm. you you take a look at this dink and dunk offense, it actually – you know, if executed a little better, it would work. You take a look at the greatest show on, on turf. One of the first plays I saw against uh, Atlanta, I, I went back and looked at some old YouTube videos. The first drive, we won an 11-play, 80-yard drive that ate up like 10 minutes. You know? Mm-hmm. You have to have success in the short passing game along with the deep ball. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, absolutely. It's really just pointing 
to see the mistakes and the small things because, you know, all those small short plays could open up the deep ball. But, again, with the offensive line struggling a little bit, you know, picking up the blitz and stuff, Bradford just hasn't had time to even attempt a deep pass from a less complete one, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, you know, that's another thing. New Orleans used that short pass game effectively last week to start the game. I mean, um, Breeze was taking it downfield later on in the game in the third and fourth quarter. But, you know, those two those two first scoring drives they had, there were no deep passes on that. And that's, I mean, that's pretty, you know, you think about New Orleans and, and Drew Brees at quarterback and a guy like Colson at wide receiver and some of the other talents they have on their roster. That's pretty amazing. I mean, they're using screens. They're using, um, they really I was kind of laughing. Yeah. yeah, and I was just kind of laughing during the game. I Like, they're, they're running, you know, the idealized, the thing that Pat Shermer only dreams about. Exactly. Right now. You know, and and I really, I, I really think we're just a few pieces from the puzzle away from having an offense mm-hmm. that could be that capable. You know, and mm-hmm. you know, you take a look at even the Patriots, the way they use Wes Welker. You know, uh, mm-hmm. short pass, he turns it into you know thirty, forty yard gain, and th- that's yeah. that's what we need to do. We need, we need to get some. We need we just don't have the talent level. I guess is probably the what you could say. We don't have the right. talent level at at a few of the key positions, particularly at wide receiver. Um, that and we also need a change of pace running back. You know, Steven Jackson, though, I, I saw a couple of plays on the tape. Man, he is killer out of the backfield. I'm really surprised we haven't haven't used that more. I mean, this guy is a beast. I mean, he's got great hands. Um, and, you know, with, with Bradford's accuracy, I'm really surprised we haven't tried, you know, more uh, not only screens but across the middle. I, I saw a couple of plays where Bradford dumped it off over the middle, and, and, and Jackson just, I mean, nobody was covering him at that point, you know. And I'm just wondering why we haven't at least mixed that in there, you know. But we'll see how it progresses. That's a good you know, question. Well, and I, that's a good question because, you know, you've seen when Jackson, when they do use Jackson in that role, when they do line Jackson up out wide in a three and four wide receiver, in a three or four wide receiver set, or when they do run Jackson out of the shotgun. I mean, he has it's it's way more successful than just that kind of you know the traditional handoff. Take the snap, hand it off, run up the middle. That they, you know that they, that you've seen some, and then we'll get to the interior run blocking a little bit because I noticed we've got a question in the open thread about that. But um, you know more of that with Jackson because then you just you've got your two best offensive weapons in Sam Bradford and Steven Jackson, and suddenly you know you're 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 making the defense. You're confusing the defense. You're throwing a kink in their game plan because they don't know what Jackson's going to do. Is he out there to block? Is he out there to catch the ball? Regardless of what he's out there to do, you've got to put a man on him, at least a man, maybe two men, but you got him in a situation where he's got time to build up some speed, catch the football, and come pounding through the line and pounding through the traffic. He's going to break tackles. He's going to make yards. That's going to happen every time oh, with Jackson. He's just too good of a player. Oh, if, if he... If he's got any forward momentum at all, you might as well figure on at least a five-yard gain after he's touched. I mean, he's just mm-hmm. a beast. And and I guess Absolutely. that's what's really frustrating. I mean, and again, I don't mean to sound like Spagnolo here. You know, you can be, you know, don't be discouraged. You can be disappointed, but don't be discouraged, you know, uh, to the point mm-hmm. of, you know, our offense is pretty much set up um, to accommodate the weaknesses on the offensive line. Short passes, you know, you don't need mm-hmm. a quarterback to stand back there and, you know, a seven-step drop to wait, you know, five, six, seven seconds for a play to develop. You know, Bradford basically takes three to five-step drops, boom, ball's gone, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, I just really think we're a couple of pieces away from at least executing on a lot of these short-type passes. Yeah, I think so, too, because, you know, one thing, we mentioned Amendola, and, and defenses are really keyed in on him now, and they they've got him covered. And you've seen we've had some discussion on the site this week, but you know, you've seen Amendola's targets down, and then Gibson and some of the other guys' targets are up. Well, I mean, you know, Correct. defenses they know Danny. The secret's out on Danny Amendola. The guy can flat out convert your third down. He can make he can catch the ball. He's got great hands, and he and he and he can make some yards after catch with it. So absolutely, you know, you, you close the box on Stephen Jackson. You've also got to close it on Danny Amendola, and it puts the Rams in a much tougher place because. That's like you said earlier. Is there anyone else on the defense that really commands that much attention? You know what I mean? From the yeah, absolutely. Rather. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally agree. You know, I mean, uh, you know, Gibson has performed a lot better as of late, but you know, there's not that that real threat. You know, and, mm-hmm. and if anybody's 
and I think you did watch it too, Van, is the, the San Francisco San Diego game Thursday night and mm-hmm. Vince it's really it's really the first time I've actually seen Vincent Jackson play without just catching some of his highlights here and there. And the guy yeah. really does have it on, you know, it made me go, Wow, you know, we really are missing yeah. that key component of the offense, you know. And yeah. Bradford has somebody it, it, like I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, that's fine. It's amazing the difference. I mean, just the level of of wide, you know what I mean. You, you know, the, the a guy yeah. like that on your team. You know, different. six five, just incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, go and get it type receiver. You know, mm-hmm. and and Bradford and w- w- the reason why I'm really excited is Bradford's one of these guys who does throw receivers open. You know, I mean, he he's a you know chuck it up, go get it type of quarterback. He'll put it into a, into a spot where only the wide receiver has a shot at getting it. So. I mean, somebody like Vincent Jackson, I think, would really fit our offensive offense quite well, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and, and it'll be a. And it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see. Right now, we've got three more games to get through. Um, you've got to be happy with the results so far. Like I say, I mean, obviously, at this point now, in August, six wins was a dream come true. Well, things have changed a little bit. Oh, we've, no. got, we've got our six wins now. We want the, the NFC West title, and I think we're getting there. I think it's close. It's not easy. It's not a cakewalk by any means, but you know, we got some tough games ahead. But it's, uh, we do, and you know, I'll be the first to admit that the Rams have far exceeded my expectations this year. You know, and mm-hmm. but then maybe we maybe we all had lower expectations because of just you know the really crappy few years we've had. You know, and yeah, you see somebody like. You know, somebody that comes in, and I was the first to admit when, you know, I'm like, we should dress, you know, and Demick and Sue, and, you know, maybe there's some people who still believe that, but, you know, without the, I mean, the, I think drafting Bradford without a quarterback that's going to grow with you and become your leader, I think, man, it really helps the entire team, and I guess I never really realized how powerful that would be, particularly with Bradford playing so well and how it's really lifted the team, you know. And uh, yeah, I'm really happy with where the, where the team is right now. There's no, no question I'm very happy about it. I guess if we don't win the division, I'm, yeah, I'm going to be disappointed. But, you know, I'm still feeling really good where we're heading. Yeah, and, and I think when you, you when you hold the Rams up to the other three teams in the NFC West, I, I think it's a much – the future is much brighter for the St. Louis oh, yeah. Rams than it is in any of the other three cities. I mean, you've probably got a coaching change coming in San Francisco at the end of the season. Matt oh, yeah. Applebeck at the end of his career. You've got, you know, who knows what kind of turnover you're going to have in Seattle. Arizona's got quarterback issues. It's a, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a division in decline except for the Rams, which is kind of a, a turn, a, a, a complete 180 from what it usually used to be for the yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> now here's a here's a question: Is um, obviously next year we're going to have a lot stronger schedule, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. What's your feeling on on where we stand as a? This is probably a, a really decent question. Where we stand as a team? Do you think next year will we show improvement? Because we're going to have a tougher schedule, you know. So I think here's my thought: Is I think we're okay. going to have to really have a strong draft and a strong free agency. We're going to have to have I'm, – I'm not talking just average and okay. We're going to have to have a really strong draft this year. Um, yeah. Because we're going to have to be – we're going to have to improve more because the schedule is going to be harder next year. What's your thoughts on that, Van? I agree, absolutely. Now, I'm going to come back to something you talked about in the breakdown today and we just talked about a few minutes ago is execution. When you look at the defense this year and the defense last year, with, with you know, the exception of Fred Robinson and Niall Diggs, it's basically the same unit. And one thing that's really ch- – and they're a much better unit, obviously. I don't think anyone would argue that. Not perfect, not flawless by any means, but a much better unit all around. And I think part of the key to that has been execution. Players know their roles. Players know their assignments. Players know how to, you know, what they're watching for, where they're supposed to be. I mean, they're just – it's that assignment sound aspect of everybody else on the team that's really improved their play this year. And, you know, another year in the system, another year in the thing. Well, you know, put that in the context of what we just talked about a few minutes ago on offense. It's, you know, next year Miller and Bajima are going to be on the same page on those screens. You know, they're going to know when to hit the right block. They're going to know when right, they're right. going to make that pass. They're going to have it's, – it's, it's, you know, better execution. We've got a lot of kind of interchangeable parts right now on offense, guys that are coming in and coming out, and then that's been – 
you know, that that takes away some of that execution factor, like you said. Absolutely. But I think that's one area, I think that's one thing the Rams will really be better at on offense next year. Bradford, a huge deal. You know, compare him to James Laurinaitis. James Laurinaitis had a monster rookie season, but he's light years above that this year. But our defense that was really, horrid last year, you know. And absolutely. I think exactly what you're saying is you're kind of comparing pretty much like our defenses might be a year ahead of our offense, you know. So next year mm-hmm. we could see that huge leap offensively that we saw defensively this year. Absolutely. But I think, I mean, and I think that it's a two-part deal, though. I mean, we have to have the right, I mean, the the, the draft and the free eight the approach to free agency the Rams take this year have to be smart. They have to fill needs and they have to fill depth on the roster. I mean, you look and look at a few places on the roster, and depth is an issue still. Outside linebacker, we don't have great starters to begin with at outside linebacker. But now you got digs out, and you're you know you're into the depth there. Cornerback, now that's something I think yeah, cornerback another year in the system with yeah. experience will be better. But it's you know you're you've got depth issues at cornerback already. It's a yeah, you know, that's going to be key. Yeah, and then you got to start to think about your defensive end situation with, you know, mm-hmm. you got Fred Robbins who isn't getting any younger, James Hall. You know, you got to start Absolutely. thinking about the defensive line a little bit because what's going to happen is if it's not addressed fairly soon, which is the, one of the foundations of your team, you know, and you start focusing on other areas, next year it starts to become a weakness, and by the time you get to that Super Bowl push, now you've got one of the strongest areas of need being your defensive line, and that, that I think would be a dangerous situation to be in, but that's just oh, my absolutely. opinion on that. No, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone in Rams Nation that didn't. I really, you know, I look back at the New Orleans game, and, and you could see that if they're going to just, if they're going to play teams where they're going to drop seven men in coverage and rush the front four, then Chris Long's great, but you need a speed guy on the other side to compliment him. I think. I mean, one of those pure speed rushers on the other side to complement, you know, the kind of technical skill that Chris Long brings to it. I mean, I think you have that different, you know, the the yin and yang of semen, um, you know, bookending your defensive line like that. I mean, that was obvious this week. I mean, totally. you know, New Orleans offensive line, give them credit. I mean, they, they just outworked oh, the Rams definitely. and they couldn't get pressure on that. It was hard. Oh, no question. And, you know, I... Well, I, I said something, I think it was toward the end of October, uh, in a fan, I'm not sure it was a fan post or what it was, but, you know, we we're all talking about how great the dreams are doing, and, and I basically said we'll see how they do in, in December because, you know, as I'm seeing, uh, our defense has been on the field a whole lot, you know, in the last few weeks, and fatigue will be a factor, you know, fatigue and, and you know, you're beat up, you're tired, you're, you know, you're on the field all the time, you know, and the, and it's showing the last couple of weeks, Chris Long has really dropped off a little bit. You know, he used to be, like, everywhere. You'd look, you know, Chris Long with the breakup, Chris Long with the hit, you know, Chris Long, you know. I'm not seeing that as much now. So I'm starting to see this slight fade, um, not just with Bradford and the offense, but even on the defense a little bit. And it just seems a little stale to me. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I think we really need to have a good game this week to get that morale back up and to kind of to make that push, you know. Because the yeah, last thing absolutely. I want to do. Last thing I want to do is have see the Rams have to go to Seattle and win. You know, can we win? Yeah, we probably yeah. could, but I I do not want to have to face that. You know, if I'm if I'm Spagnuolo, that's what I'm telling my team. And you know what else I'm telling my team? I'm also What's telling that? my team that this is probably, this is probably the worst division probably in the history of football ever. Right? I mean, this is the first time I've heard in my life that a team could win the division at seven and nine. You know, and I would tell my team, do you really not want to win this division? You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't want my name with one of the ones that didn't win this division. You know, the one one of the ones that's sitting on the outside. I want to win this division. And say, hey, at least we won the damn thing. You know, exactly. That's another thing I'm telling. You know, get a little. You got to have, and that's one thing. You got to take something to wrap yourself around it. And I think something like that would really do it. You know. Yeah, and that. Well, and that'll be, and that'll be the interesting thing. That'll be the big test for this coaching staff too. I mean, you know. Going through a one and fifteen season is a lot different than going through a season where, you know, you've got the last three games kind of determine your fate in regards to how you finish and whether or not you make the postseason. And that'll be an, a very interesting challenge for this coaching team. They're, you know, it's a new staff. I mean, Spagnuolo is his second year as head coach. Now he's got he's got a Super Bowl ring, and you know, Pat Shermer's been to the playoffs, and 
and Ken Flaholi's been in the playoffs, but it's all been in kind of, you know, their secondary roles, not as, you know, the the chief of staff and his his two main generals, so to speak. So it's going to be an interesting test because they're going to have to pull that team together. Like you said, pull those guys together and go out and win at really, least yeah. two out of three yeah. games. It is, and I'm telling you right now, we if we win this week, that's going to be more than just one victory because what it's going to do is basically knock the Niners out, right? Mm-hmm. Then the Niners have to come and play us, right? They're going to have the wind knocked out of their sails a little bit at that point. Like, you know, what are we playing for, you know? Yeah. So winning this week, and then if we can beat the Niners, Seattle drops two. Okay, here's a good, great scenario for you. We head to Seattle and basically can rest everybody, right? Mm-hmm. So we get a bye week. Then come back and mm-hmm. play the playoff game, and Illini Mike should be healthy by then. Yeah, and that would that's uh, one of those elements on offense I mean, that you look over the last couple games would really be good to have. Absolutely, and I, I'm telling you, we could, and I know a lot of people say, you're crazy, VT, you're nuts. If we can get a, six, a week 16 or week 17 bye week, okay, and Illini Mike comes back, and we're playing a playoff game at home, I think we'd have a shot. I really do. I think we'd have a shot at winning that football game. And even though we're probably against the Saints or the Falcons, we've already faced them once. We know what they're going to do, right? Mm-hmm. The pressure is always strongest on the team who previously won than it is on the team that uh-huh. lost. I, I Absolutely. really believe it would at least be a competitive game, you know? So, oh, definitely. You know, let's, uh, let's see what happens this week. You know, we got we. In my opinion, if we're gonna make if we're gonna make the playoffs, I almost believe we have to win this week. Because if we lose this week, then we got two division games. The Niners are gonna be tough because they're still gonna be in, a, in in the battle. And then we'd have to travel to Seattle. I just I don't know. I just feel really bad about that. I just don't have a good feeling. I, I, about I'm with you, and I mean I, every game of these last three is basically a must win for them. I mean, oh, technically, I guess you can win. Two out of three and probably be yeah. okay, but I, it's just to me well, every game's a must. You know that little, what's that little site you showed where like a, whenever a play happened, it would change the odds of winning or losing and show the bar. You know what I'm talking about? That's if we the lose win this week, that probability bar, graph. There you go. If, if we NFL lose this week, stat. that probability is going to just tank down. If we win this week, that probability is going to go up. You know what I'm saying? It's really that important. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and another thing, if we can beat Kansas City this week, it almost gives us a mulligan in week uh, next week against the Niners, and then you know we still have to come back and beat Seattle. But still, this week is a huge, huge game, huge game. Yeah, and I really look at the schedule, and I think, I mean, you know, you factor in Seattle playing at home against the Rams. Yeah, that's a tough game, just because of who it is and where you're playing, the rivalry, all that stuff. Correct. But I think in terms of just the matchups, talent versus talent. I think this is the toughest game left versus Kansas City. I, I, really I totally agree. I totally agree, yeah. Totally, totally agree with that. Being back home, though, it's going to be so nice. Yeah. You know, I'm really hoping that it's that little extra oomph that we need to pull out a victory this week, you know? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But, uh, now, no. let, me, let, me just, let me just share with everybody, awkward, awkward, Here's here's how Christmas is going to be for me this week, or next week, rather. But father-in-law, diehard Chiefs fan, absolutely oh, diehard boy. Chiefs fan, <laughs> going to the game this week. So I, I've got a stake in this, in that, you know, I need to see the Rams win, even though it'll probably make Christmas dinner a little uncomfortable for me. I need to see the Rams win just so I don't have to, any extra, you know, Opportunity to give me crap or anything like that, you know, we can avoid that at Christmas dinner. We can keep it about exactly. the turkey, about the kids, that sort of thing. But other than that, <laughs> hey VT, before I want to, yes. I want to get to the the questions and the open thread here pretty quick. But oh sure, um, sure. You made a good point about Vic, and I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to yes. open the floor to you for that. Yeah, yeah, I was. You know, I saw him, he does an interview on uh, Mike and Mike in the Morning uh, one day this week, this past week. And, I mean, and you know what, there's people that will never forgive Michael Vick, and I respect that. Um, I, I'm i a dog owner, and I everybody knows that on, on Turf, Show, Turf Show Times, or at least all the old people that have been on here. I have a dog named Bradford, for crying out loud. Um, when... <laughs> Now you know I, I'm, I, I'm on in the camp of 
yeah, I do not condone what he did. It was absolutely disgusting, okay? However, um, I believe that he served his time. He paid his due. Uh, everybody has a chance to change. You know, that's, but, I'm, but I was still on the fence of, okay, we'll see how it goes in the next couple of years. You know, I wasn't like, yay, Mike. You know, I was just kind of like, ah, okay, I'm okay with him being in the league, but we'll keep an eye on him. He, in his interview, something really struck me. And and it kind of turned me a little bit um, toward Vic a little bit, like uh, on a positive side. Uh, I'm a father of a four-year-old, and, you know, he is a father of three. Uh, he's got one boy and two little girls. And they asked him, you know, what would you say to people who said that, you know, you what you did was horrible and you should never play again or you should never. And he, he st- immediately started talking about how he really regretted it. And one of the things he used was his kids. And I'm like, you know what, this guy's really grown up because he said, you know, the way he said it, I'm not, I don't want to quote anything, but it was sort of to the point of where I was thinking, wow, his kids must have asked, asked him if he could have a, they could have a dog, right? Because he's not allowed to own a dog. He can't own a dog in his house. And that, that must have cut him like a knife, you know, to have your son or your daughter say, Daddy, I want a dog. And you say, you know, we can't because Daddy did bad things, you know. I'll tell you right now, as a father, that would be like somebody just driving a knife into my heart, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and he started Absolutely. talking about that, and almost he was almost tearing up talking about it. And that's, I said to myself, this man has changed. Just being a father and having mm-hmm. to, and realizing you made a mistake and then having that affect your children, you know? And, and again, I'm not condoning anything he did. I'm just saying that I really believe, you know, this guy really think has turned has turned the corner, you know? Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I don't know what everybody else's opinion is on it, but. I, you know, VT, I mean, that's just, I, to me, that's fundamental to, I, it's just, you know, the Rams, the Leonard Little thing was kind of similar for the Rams. I mean, you know, he. Yes. The drunk driving thing, he killed somebody. I mean, and, you know, you you could see in, in Leonard Little's eyes, whenever he was forced to talk about that again and again, up through the very end of his career, there was true regret there. There was true regret. Absolutely. And I think that people, I mean, forgiveness, I, you know, whatever religion you are, I, I, I would bet that forgiveness is a, and, and forgiveness and the belief that people can change is a fundamental tenet of that. I mean, that's it's central to being an American. I mean, it's 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 what keeps us from being animals. I mean, it's it's important. To Absolutely. You have to believe that people do. Now, not everybody can change. Some people can. Some people make an effort. And it looks like Michael Vick's really making an effort. And the guy gets a lot of credit for that, for me, for my book. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's one thing for if you do something wrong and you get punished, but then to see your kids get punished for it, that really humbles you. You know, so I I just thought that was a really interesting thing that he said. And it it really hit home a little bit as far as, wow, you know, I can't imagine if my son actually wanted a dog and because daddy did something wrong, you can never have one, (laughs) you know, that had to really take a knife. Absolutely. Uh, And, you know, it's just, it's that, it's, you know, the glass houses thing. I mean, if you've, you know, a guy like Leonard Little or Michael Vick, they have to live with the, their conscience has to live with what they've done forever and I mean, make, no, the and make no mistake about it make no mistake about it they put themselves there you know i don't feel yeah, sorry for them absolutely. for that but you know I, but on another token you know it does tell me that this really was a you know quite the experience and and a kind of a change of change of focus and fa- change of thought you know mm-hmm. absolutely I'll, a quick note on michael vick i'm happy to see the guys turn it around you know there was a lot of talk the rams about the Rams bringing in Mike Vick. I mean, there were the connections were there. Devaney from Atlanta, Shermer from Philadelphia. The connections were there. Yep. That's um, why, yeah. I'm glad they got Bradford, and it's nothing personal against Vick at all. Absolutely. But I am glad they Absolutely. got Sam Bradford. You know, it was, it was where the Rams were, you know. The Rams were at the yeah. point where they needed a fresh start. They didn't need the controversy, yeah. you know. That's the last thing they needed. Yeah. And, and, the, cor- and the quarterback is a franchise cornerstone, and, and you know, Absolutely. You want a rookie, I think, or you know, at least maybe a guy that's just two or three years in to to build around for a, a franchise cornerstone like that. Now, speaking of forgiveness, BT, the Rams' <laughs> offensive line play is something that we've had to be forgive. We've had to be forgi- 
forgive, express our forgiveness of over the last few years because we've seen it do some real damage. But it's a better oh, yeah. group this year, and that's my segue into the first question from the open thread. Interior line play. Um, Fearsome Foursome is asking about Jason Brown. Center Jason Brown signed last year to a big okay. agent deal. Is the guard plan that you decide on him? That's bad, or is Brown declining quicker than expected? My quick take, I think Brown's been okay. I don't think Brown's been as good as he has as good this year as he was last year. I think he's still played at a high level. I think I love Adam Goldberg. It's a Wyoming thing. But, mm-hmm. you know, he's a weak guard next to him, and I think yes. that hurts your interior line. It does. DT? And if I could jump, yeah, I'll jump in and just say that, you know, uh, you're only as strong as your weakest link on the offensive line. And that's really true in that case. And I, I've been looking at a lot of the offensive line play in the, in the films and stuff. Jason Brown has been a guy who's he's actually played really well. Um, I mean, I have seen a couple instances where he may have missed a block or whatever, but I really believe the poor guard play has affected that. Uh, yeah. The one thing I'm seeing is he has been – isn't that he's lacked power or his age is catching up with him. He's been indecisive. Uh, on a lot of the plays you watch this week, if he gets beat in a couple of plays, he doesn't trust the people around him. And, and you see the same thing with O.J. Otagwe a lot of times. He's He's gotten into that mentality of, oh, my goodness, i got to be Mr. Superman here. You know, I'm going to have to plug this hole and leave his own hole open. You know, almost the same mentality with Jason Smith, uh, excuse me, Jason Brown that I've seen is he'll, you know, he'll snap the ball and he'll immediately almost like take a, a take toward Goldberg or, the, you know, and – he, it allows him to lose his focus on what his job is. So, you know, the guard plays do affect that center play heavily. Uh, so I don't think he's declining quickly at all. I think he's still a, a really good force, particularly in the in the run game. I've seen some plays I do see him get, you know, kind of beat on, but in most instances I have seen him play pretty well in the run game. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now. The next question is from Riot Mute, and he's asking about the game plan this weekend. We talked a little bit about the game plan, VT. Yeah. His question specifically, what do you think the coordinators need to be doing in tomorrow's game to give us an edge? What Your quick take, two most important things on each side, One, one, the most important thing on each side of the ball. Well, on defense, stop the run. I mean, it's really as simple as that, and – yeah. You know, how we're going to do that, I, I think we are going to have to stack the box a little bit. I hate to say that, you know, but mm-hmm. I really don't see – I mean, I would rather see a couple of big pass plays take place than to see this, the Kansas City Chiefs have the ball for three-quarters of the ball game running eight-yard gains, seven-yard gains, six-yard gains, eight-yard – you know what I mean? Absolutely. You have to take some chances. I think we're going to have to stack the blocks, box. We're going to have to do some run blitzing. I think that's the key to the defense. On the offensive yeah. side – I really think we're going to have to start getting Bradford back into the rollout. I mean, you know, teams have been taking that away. We need to figure out a way to get that back in the game plan because he is totally lights out on the run. I think he had like a 120.5 uh, passer rating on a, on rollout plays or something. Some crazy yeah. number. Um, yeah. We really need to get that. I mean, you've seen even thrown to the back side on a rollout. We need to get that yeah. back into play. And, of course, I think we really need to run the ball ourselves to keep the ball out of their hands. Yeah. You know, um, uh, and, you know. It's hard to disagree with that. I mean, I'll say one thing. You know, we talked about Jamal Charles, you know, the threat he poses in the run game. But, you know, another guy to watch out for, given kind of the Rams' weakness at outside linebacker, another guy to watch out for, rookie tight end, Tony Moyaki. You know, he's, hey, he's had a great big, year. Absolutely. Had a great season. And, that's a you know, that's a spot. Those yeah. are the guys that that's the spot the Rams are gonna have to watch for. You know, New Orleans tight ends did some damage last week. And Moyaki's a guy that can yeah. that can do some damage as well. On the other side of the ball, offense, I agree wholeheartedly. You know, one thing I would really like to see is kinda of what we talked about toward the beginning of the show. I'd like to see Steven Jackson get it more kind of with some get get it more running with out of the backfield with some build up, catching the ball out of some three and four wide receiver sets, line up on the outside. Yes. Just a different look. That are going to make the game different. That are going to that are going to, that's going to add a few wrinkles for the Chiefs' defense to have to deal with. Absolutely. Okay. And another thing too. One, yeah. one other thing too that we can we can look at is you know what, what happened to a lot of the running back screens like to Darby and 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 Tostin and and we saw a couple of them that had some really good success too. I think we need to we need to look back at what we had success with earlier. I think bottom line, you know. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's one thing. The screens, you know, our offensive line is is geared well, I think, for screen passes like that. They just, you know, it's just it's gotcha. a matter of, like you said earlier, it's the execution thing. You got Everybody's got to execute for the screen pass to work like that. Now, you saw what New Orleans, how damaging New Orleans was with that, and you've seen that a few times with the Rams, too, this year. And I think that that's another play, you know, we need to kind of, we need to have in the toolbox this week. Okay, VT, moving on. Let me just run. We kind of talked about this next question a little bit. Um, bouncing the run outside, blitzing the LBs, da da da. Um, McCluster, you know, there's another guy we haven't talked about today for the Chiefs, but that's, you know, there's a guy that's a run threat too. Oh, uh, oh, no question. And you know, it all comes down to, and I'm looking at this other question as you said that, and it was talking about uh, how the Chiefs have been kind of streaky. Uh, particularly mm-hmm. against the pass, and they and they have uh-huh. some big plays. You're talking about a cluster, uh, yeah. But they're they're asking about uh, you know, will Denario have a lot thrown to him? I, you know, it all depends on the pass protection. You know, that's really what it boils down yeah. to. Um, yeah. if, if we can get some pass protection and and at least give Bradford some time in the pocket, yeah, I really think we would target him a lot more. You know, it all yeah, comes absolutely. down to the offensive line. Well, and, you know, last I mean, the pass protection last week was really disappointing. I mean, you know, part of that, you're playing a Jim Williams defense, you know, I understand that. But the pass protection last week was, I mean, I think maybe the weakest game of the season, in all honesty. But, you know, that interception, the interception that um, Jenkins returned for the touchdown, the, 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 the weak throw to Gibson. I mean, you're looking at, a, at, a, at probably a touchdown on that throw had the pass protection yeah. not failed, you know what I mean? That's uh, You've got to keep that stuff up. you got to keep that stuff you know, up. Jacob Bell banged up. About, you think Greg, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and we talked about that. You know, the Saints took advantage. Like, they put some heavy pressure on Bradford, and that allows your your uh, your cornerbacks and your safeties to not have to play as well, you know? Yeah. You know, and you have a quarterback that doesn't have a lot of time, and they start just chucking the ball. It really can make your safeties and your cornerbacks look like superstars, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I I, re- I really think we could get increased uh, safety and cornerback play with an increased pass rush. It's just the way it goes. One thing affects mm-hmm. the other. It's just the way it goes. Yeah, we well, just you know you let you you know you more pass rush more the more time you have for a guy like a Togway to kind of sit back there and play the ball a little bit. I mean that's a absolutely turnovers are always a key. You know the Rams lost the turnover battle last week and you know the, the scoreboard reflected that. Uh, absolutely. You know we talked about the offensive line. Well, here's Ram Buck. Will Greco be active this week? I, I, I don't know. Ramrod says he doubts it. Um, we'll see I'm what happens. I'm with Ramrod on that. I'm with Ramrod on that. I don't know what happen. the deal is, but I don't think it is. I don't know what has something happened, Van. I mean, what 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 is your take on this situation? You know, it's been well, a couple of weeks, and Greco has been just kind of you know off the radar. Supposedly, what what you know what what you've seen from Jim Thomas at the Post Dispatch is that um, the Rams want Fraley active because they're more concerned about having the way an injury to guard, and they're worried about you know being able uh, to have somebody to step in at center if Jason Brown gets injured, or if they need to slide Brown over uh, to guard. I think they think gotcha, they could okay. maybe slide Brown over to guard and then put Fraley in at center. That's where Fraley has a lot of his experience. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I don't know. Kind of like a preventive maintenance type move. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, well, and it's too bad because, you know, Greco's been a, a great run blocker. I mean, he's, you know. He has. We miss Richie Incognito for what he could do in the against the blocking for the run, but you don't miss Richie Incognito for all the other crap that had to go with it. You know, that's the problem. Absolutely. He was um, a package deal, you know, just like absolutely. Moss. He's a package deal. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. Uh, you know, here's some some Brandon Gibson talk. All right. Okay, we're kind of running up against the uh, – I had some problems, VT, as you know, getting this thing set up at the last minute. Um, so we're kind of running up against a live wall here. Um, let me, let's me let just jump through the okay. questions here real quick, and we'll get everybody back out there sure. to the mall to finish their Christmas shopping. Um, Sounds good. Brandon Gibson question. I mean, let's be realistic. He said, Everett Eleven says uh, nobody. I, I don't think anybody thinks Brandon Gibson is truly a number one receiver. I, I guess what I see him as is he's kind of become a good possession receiver. You know what I mean? 
I mean, oh, I think absolutely. Brandon Gibson is kind of what they had in mind for Keenan Burton. Oh, definitely. You know, and, and I don't want to compare him to anybody, but you take a you take a look at somebody like Gibson. If we had a true number one threat, and even if if De Niro really steps up to the plate, you know, um, he could, uh, you know, somebody like Gibson can turn into somebody like a Dion Branch. You know, he doesn't have a lot of speed, but yeah, he just he's just a possession guy, you know. And look at the, the mm-hmm. game he had last week for the Patriots. You know, I could see him stepping into that kind of role on this team, but no, by no means is he a number one receiver. I totally agree with that. Absolutely not. Uh, let's see. Oh, here's a good one. A draft question. This is a good way to end the fan questions here. Thomas oh, W. Boy. Jamal Charles clone type players out there. Third or fourth round uh, free agents. I don't know. I, I really don't know off the top of my head. Here's a guy who's playing in the Bulls. I can't think of when West Virginia plays in the Bulls, but a guy I would kind of watch out for that might be kind of interesting. Noel Devine, running back from West Virginia. He's a little bit more of that Shifty, speedier type. He's a smaller guy. He's a lot smaller guy than Steven Jackson. Um, you know, there's a guy to keep your eye on and whenever West Virginia plays in their bowl game this week. Yeah, and, you know, we really do need some type of change of pace for Jackson, I think. And But mm-hmm. then again, you know, you take a look at the at the Giants, you know. Uh, who, of course, they got uh, – who's their two uh, – I, mean, I just had kind of – Brandon Jacobs and uh, who's the other running back? Bradshaw. 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 I mean, these, Bradshaw. I mean – you know, I could see the Rams turning into a having a backfield similar to that. You know, if we could pick up, uh-huh. you know, somewhat a change of pace back, uh, change of pace back. I mean, these guys had what 100 yards each two weeks ago. It was just insane. Yeah. A couple touchdowns each. You know. Yeah. Um. But but again, you know, you have to stop and think. You know, even though we're wishing for a change of pace back, I you know I wouldn't expect it to be you know by any means you know a 50-50 deal. You know, I think you'd still see. Stephen Jackson get a majority of the carries, and I think you'd, you'd see the change of pace come in, you know, maybe a little bit more than you're seeing Toasting now. But, I, you know, until you see Jackson start to show some age, I don't think you'd see a whole heck of a lot of that because I'll tell you right now, uh, Stephen Jackson's the type of guy who wants every single carry. You know, he's just that he's just got that yeah. kind of motor, you know. Well, he's um, that and, good, and, quite frankly. Oh, he is. He absolutely, absolutely is, you know. And, yeah, we have to save him. We have to, you know, extend his career. Uh, but, you know, I, I think you, you would not see a 50-50 deal right out of the gate by any means, you know. So even though we do need to get a change of pace guy, I wouldn't expect them to have a huge role, you know, right out of the gate by any means. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, something that would be interesting, too, is, is even if it's not necessarily a change of pace guy, but, you know, that kind of fast, pass-catching, speedier type guy, I mean, I think that would be – yeah. You know, something that's a compliment to not just Steven Jackson, but really more another weapon for Sam Bradford as opposed to like a different yes. back, You know what I mean? Oh, you take, like a Darren Stoll, yeah, take a, maybe. Or a, something yes, like yes. Somebody who, somebody who could score from way out. But then when you take a look at the greatest show on turf, they had Marshall Falk and Robert Holcomb. You know, no, he, mm-hmm. Robert Holcomb was one of the most valuable players on that team as far as I'm concerned. You go back and look at some of those old games. And I'm telling you, Robert Holcomb had a big part of that offense. Short, I mean, he caught a lot of screens. He he ran effectively. He was more of a power back. And then you have Marshall mm-hmm. Falk, who was the change of pace back, you know. So that was mm-hmm. a nice one-two punch. You know, obviously Marshall had more carries <laughs> by far, but you know Robert Holcomb could also block. That's another thing we got to look at. You know, yeah, he can be a change of pace all day. We need somebody who can block, and that's been one of the biggest breakdowns as far as blitz pickups has been our running backs picking up the blitz. So we need to think yeah. about that. Well, and that's something, too. I mean, I, that's one thing with Darby out you worry about because Darby's been, you know, a great third-down pass blocker in that role, and that's kind of the extent of his role. But, you know, that's an important role to have when, you know, Sam Bradford's your quarterback. So that's a, that's something not to, not to take anything away from Steven Jackson. I think he's improved tremendously as a pass blocker. But, and I still think, you know, with a third and 12 situation and you've got Kenneth Darby in there to, to, to you know, to pick up that extra blitzer, I think that's that's a key for the Rams' offense, especially one that's going to put so much emphasis on the pass. Oh, no question. You know, it, and as somebody said, I think it was maybe Ramrod in one of the one of the posts, you know, we have so many needs, so few picks, you know. Yeah. Um, and let's just, Let's just hope there's no lockout next year. <laughs> I just want to see football. Any any football game next year will be fine, you know. Just Amen. show me some football. 
Yeah. That... Um, didn't didn't wasn't there somebody was saying uh, I forget it was on uh, I forget what it was ESPN maybe that uh, the commissioner said that we might have uh, something signed by the Super Bowl or something like that, and then other people were saying they didn't believe him, and I don't know. I hope he's right, but but I don't know. I just I just hope we have some football next year. Yeah. Amen. Well, and you know that too. It's just like we, you know, you try to talk about free agency, and you really, who knows what's going to happen with free agency? If there's no CBA, uh, there's yeah. no free agency. You know what I mean? So, absolutely. I don't know. It's going to be a crazy year for that. Yep. Um, yep. Totally I, you know, agree. Hopefully, I, I would say to everybody, you know, be prepared. Turf Show Times will be around without football. We may be um, talking a lot about arenas and college football, but. <laughs> Hopefully we'll have something not. to talk about. <laughs> exactly. Hopefully not. We'll always have something yeah. to talk about. Oh, VT, yeah. it's been good today. All Any right. parting parting awesome. thoughts? We'll wrap it up here and get folks on their way. No, just uh, you know, I, I just hope that we have a good game tomorrow, a competitive game that you know has us ahead on the scoreboard. Scoreboard when the whistle blows, you know, I, I you know, Absolutely. we're back at home. Uh, we really, I don't know how much the stress that I really feel we need this win to take this division. I just, there's a nightmare that I keep having that has San Francisco still winning the stinking division, you know. I, I don't want to see that happen. So if anybody <laughs> thinks that's a Rams. I'd almost rather win than San Francisco. I would. I if, there's any St. Louis, if there's any St. Louis Rams players listening right now, please do what you can. Don't <laughs> let this happen to us, you know. That would be a nightmare. <laughs> Oh, oh, absolutely. Well, VT, All right. I want to thank you again for for joining us today on Turf Show Radio. Always a pleasure to have you on the um, air with us. My pleasure and to be here. No problem. Other than that, have a great weekend. Um, I, you know, next Saturday is Christmas, so probably okay. won't have a Turf Show Radio on um, Christmas right. Saturday. We'll we'll see what we'll see what happens, but um, you know. Um, if we don't talk to anybody any... before then, we'll go ahead. All right. I was going to say, is there a game on Thursday night, do you know, next Thursday? I didn't even look at the schedule. I think there is, and I think there's a game on Christmas Day also. I'm not sure who. Now, the Rams oh. don't play until Sunday, but. Okay, and uh, you know what, next year, maybe we'll uh, get some uh, national games next year, huh? Primetime games. not. I... Yeah. I wouldn't even know how to react to a primetime game at this point <laughs> yeah. in my life. Me either. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't prepped up for a Sunday night or Monday night football game in how many years? You know, what do you do? You know, <laughs> I think that's a major kink in my schedule. <laughs> BT, it's always good to talk to you, my man. And I'm gonna part. I'm gonna leave right, us with you... these words: Go Rams. All right. BT, thanks again, buddy. All right. Take care, man. See you later, everybody. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Neil Patel, editor-in-chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else you listen to podcasts. Check it out.